You're listening to the Seek First podcast for students with Stephanie Akiyama and Kurt Petershawn. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us again yes. on the Seek First student. Welcome. Podcast. Welcome. Welcome if you're here. And if you're not here, then you're not hearing this, which is a weird God, thing to that say. That is a bummer. That is a bummer. So be here. Be here. <laughs> and look, seriously, I don't know um, if you're listening to this and this has been a good thing for you. If you've been enjoying it, thank you for listening. And, you know, if you want to share it with a friend, share it with some family members, whether they're Christians, non-Christians, you know, anybody that you think might be willing to listen to it, um, man, that'd be awesome. And like, a, like we've said several times we love uh, that we get to do it. And, yeah. you know, we do want it to be a ministry for y'all. So anyway, yes. um, as we were just sitting down to talk just now, I was like, you know, we're trying to think of, we're always trying to think of something to kind of start talking about or whatever. But uh, Stephanie's wearing a, a world race shirt, which made me think yes. about her daughter, Connolly. Yes. Um, so I was like, you know what, why don't we kind of share a little bit about our families just real quick, our, our children and, and that yes. kind of thing. They might get to know us. Well, my last name is Akiyama. And so if you're watching this on YouTube, then you know, I don't look like an Akiyama. <laughs> But my husband does. So there's a little, <laughs> a little tidbit. Um, he is from Japan. And so his, um, he came over here to the mainland. I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> he was actually born in Japan and grew up in New York and then moved down here to Atlanta where people had big trucks and big tires. And he was like, what <laughs> is that? Different world. Different, <laughs> different world. Country. Different world. But Japan, New York. Covington. Hotlanta. Yeah, Covington. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah, 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 Covington. yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was good. And uh, we have two daughters, Kylie, who is now 26. Oh, my gracious. And Connolly, who's 21. And Connolly's the one who went on the world race. Um, she got to travel all around the world. Both my girls loved to travel when they were young. They were flying by themselves to yeah. San Francisco. World races, adventures and missions, yes. mission experience, kind of traveling mm-hmm. around different countries. If yeah. you don't know what the world race is, it's something you're interested in. Look it up. Check it out. Yes. Actually, Taylor Morgan, who does our intro and our outro, was on yeah, the world race as last well. Year, yeah. yeah. And yeah. If you didn't know that, shout out to Taylor Morgan. Taylor yeah. Morgan does our intro and outro. That's her voice. A lot of y'all probably know that. If, <laughs> you, know. <laughs> if you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool family. Yes. We I, have fun. We love I it. have a... Uh, non-Japanese wife. Oh, her name man. is Tara. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's super cute. We both like of her. our last names are German. She was an Ottinger before she was a Petersheim. <laughs> so it didn't really improve there as far as the, the last name thing. But um, yeah, my last name is Petersheim. It is a German name. Actually, my uh, my grandfather grew up Amish, which is kind of an interesting fact about nice. me. Not really about me, about him, but yeah. my family. Yeah. You know. um, so that's where my family's from. They're from like Northern Ohio. And then they all moved down here. I'm the only Southerner in my family, um, which I'm very proud of. Uh, my mom and dad moved here right before I was born, so I get the the credit of being the Southerner. I'm not a Yankee. Um, no offense to you Yankees. I'm That's just right. saying. That's right. But we I like, love, we I like, love all the peoples. I like being a Southerner. I like sweet tea. <laughs> I just do. And sunshine and warmth. Um, but yeah, we have my wife and I, Tara. We have one daughter named Thea, and uh, she's two. Two and a half. Just turned two and a half. So. Oh, my goodness. Just and you must follow them on the Instagram <laughs> and see her pick up chickens. It is my most uh, favorite thing in the world people, to watch her. People do enjoy watching Thea <laughs> throw chickens around. And this Friday, we're getting new baby goats <gasps> and all that. And Thea met them yesterday. She was very mad we couldn't bring them home. <laughs> but uh, we were like, we're going to go back and get them Friday. So it'll be fine. So anyway. You can, Kurt uh, lives on a farm. 
Uh, yeah, like a tiny, <laughs> a tiny, I don't know. People I look at me, said. sometimes people look at me and go, Kurt, I just can't see you around goats. You know, I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know how I got into this life. But Tara. My, my wife, Tara, my wife that's loves, exactly right. She loves it. She loves the animals. Yeah. So I'm pretty much farm boy. That's what, that's my job. I dig the <laughs> holes and like move the mulch and stuff. That's my job. So nice. Anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us yeah. again. Last week, if you were with us on the podcast last week, we we jumped into Genesis 3 with a, a really good question from Holden Hall as he was asking about Adam and Eve and the nature of their sin and how, you know, did they know what they were kind of getting into? Did they right. understand all that stuff? And we we talked about obedience to, to God and, you know, they did know that. They knew they had the command, all that. Anyway, we, we looked at the first sin um, from Genesis 3. So this week, and we referenced this last week, that this week we really wanted to Kind of to just take another step in that, um, we had several questions that we'll get into the specific questions in the in the weeks to follow. But we've had several questions around the idea of suffering, yeah, right. Just things that I'm going through, difficult things in the world. Now, look, let's just say at the outset, I think we both agree on this. Yeah. Probably, if you're watching or listening, you agree on this. The world is hard, right? Um, the world is very hard, and and things happen in our lives sometimes that we had no control over. Sometimes we do. Yeah. Um, that we cause or somebody else causes or something like that. But sometimes it's just world events or whatever, but the world is hard. Um, so what we want to talk about today, kind of before we get into the specific questions um, about maybe things that people are going through, is really just kind of why suffering is a reality. Um, where does that come from? And 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 maybe just look at, and we want to look at a lot of scripture today and just hopefully try to encourage and, and show from God's word, you know, right. some, some of the truths behind suffering, but also um, encourage as much as we can, yeah. you know, here at the end, just to be able to say, look, if you are going through some things, right? Um, you know, here's, here's how we can stand on God and his character and yeah. his word yeah. and those kind of things. So um, I'm going to start by reading kind of the next little bit of Genesis 3 from where we left off last week, um, Stephanie, and then I'll let you jump in when I'm done reading. Okay. So um, let's see. Let's start with verse um, Let's start with verse 10. This was Adam, and he says this. He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. This is Adam and Eve talking to God. Verse 11, and he said, who told you? God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, Cursed are you above all the livestock and above all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So there's kind of our first little suffering struggle right. thing, right? So yeah. there's some enmity is a, is a pretty strong word. And, you know, the, the snake will, you'll crush the snake's head, but the snake's going to strike your heel is also some references yes. to, to Christ in there, obviously. Okay. Verse 16, the, uh, to the woman, he said, so he's, he's going to dish out some uh, consequence here. Mm -hmm. I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Remember, this was to Adam. Adam, I commanded you, and you must not eat of it. And he says, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, there's, there's some of our words again, painful toil. You will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food, food until you return. Turn to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will 
return. Um, just skipping down, it does say, then the Lord God makes them garments of skin. We talked right. about that last week, just his grace too. Um, but then he says, he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden, cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So there's that, they're going to die. Right. Right. So yeah. there's there's the rest of our story, and it's not super happy, but yeah. it is the reality. Yeah, and so right there you touched on, because a common question, um, and even people who question God and question His goodness, their mm-hmm. question is, if God is good, and if God is sovereign, right. and if He loves us, mm-hmm. why does He allow us to suffer? Yeah. And so we saw right there that one of the huge consequences of the fall living, as I say, east of Eden is suffering. And Romans 5.12 says, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because Mm. all sinned. So we all, if we are born, (laughs) we are all uh, under the sentence of death and decay because of sin. Yeah. Um, and, and like you alluded to earlier, some of the causes of, of suffering, some of them are natural causes. There are tornadoes right. and there are droughts and cancer and heart attack. Um, some, some come from human cruelty, murder, yeah. sexual assault, abuse, divorce, cheating. Some of them are just accidents, yeah. a car accident, a yeah. bridge collapses, uh, slipping, tripping. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have a friend who is Sore paralyzed because he fell and he fell the wrong yeah. way and he hmm. hurt his neck and he's paralyzed because he he fell and so yeah and sometimes we suffer because we're believers in Jesus yeah. and we talked about we talked about some of those scriptures as uh Kurt and I were kind of breaking this down um you know in this world you will have trouble right <laughs> but take heart I've overcome the world yeah and um man throughout the bible so after Genesis 3. Yeah. I mean, we get two chapters in of good. Only good. Only good. And then chapter 3. And then after that, the rest of the story is, I mean, the the Bible never pulls punches. The Bible never kind of lets us off the hook of, one, that we live in a a broken world now. And the world is broken because of sinfulness, because of the sinfulness of man. Um, And it's kind of fallen apart. And not only that, but we see, like you alluded to, whether it's... um, more so like natural disaster type things, or it's the direct result of men and their 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 weakness, which we see yeah, much more right, of, right. Um, obviously in the Bible. And if you just read the book of Genesis, you don't even have to go past Genesis. Oh, yeah. Genesis is a, a rough story. It yeah, really the is. The first brothers. The, yes. Shortly after, we yes. get a Genesis 4. Right. And there's murder. Yeah. Right. Um, and between brothers. I'm, because I'm, of jealousy. Because of jealousy. <laughs> it, it, it's just great. So from the very beginning, in an entire book of Genesis, as you read through it, there's a lot of murder. There's a lot of... Uh, just discord and hatred and, um, you know, sexual immorality and all sorts of other things. We kind of run the gamut of, yes. of terrible human behavior very quickly after. In fact, Genesis 6, 5, that's one of the passages I always kind of remember about just describing the human condition. Mm-hmm. It says that God had kind of looked at the the nature of men at this time. Now, this is right around, this is before he floods the world. Yeah. He says, he looks at men on the earth in Genesis 6, 5, he says, he sees that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts are only evil all the time. Yes. And so this 
um, kind of it kind of sets this this backdrop to for us of this is where all this evil is coming from, all this suffering is coming yeah. from for the most part because men in their hearts yeah. have the have just this wickedness inside of us to to cause this pain and to cause this evil towards you know towards one another yeah because of our selfishness because of our sin right um, yeah it's rough yeah um, and so one of the things that we wanted to talk about uh, when we were talking about suffering because um, it's easy to say yes it's here yeah. It's here. <laughs> so we just gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but how, as a Christian, how yeah. do we um, look at suffering? How do we walk through suffering? How do we help others to walk through suffering? Mm-hmm. And so um, the book of Job, I love the book of Job. Yes. And it really does show that there are two ways that we can deal with suffering. We can either, as Job's wife, if you read through Job, Job's wife, her um, her brilliant advice is to curse God and die. Yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, super supportive wife. Very. Super duper yeah. supportive wife. <laughs> this is not, yeah, I don't know. So either that's one way to deal with suffering yeah. or um, as we see Job doing, he praises God in the midst right. of his suffering. Um, and I think that that's important for us to be... Um, to know ahead of time, because here's mm-hmm. here's the reality. You are going to suffer. I have suffered. Kurt has sur- suffered. Yeah. We, we all have suffered. Um, and you will, too. If you haven't yet, um, then you will. And so to know ahead of time um, some of the things that God has given us and some of the ways that we as Christians, we have promises yeah. that we can stand on so that we can um, we can come out better, which which Job did. Yeah. Honestly, if we look at God, <clears throat> excuse me, as this ginormous vending machine, and we think we <laughs> insert our prayers yeah. and our good deeds, or like us being a good person, right. then what God should give us, what what He should land in our hand, uh, is what we want. Yeah, we and hit it, it, we hit whatever button. Yes, and, and we pray real, real good, yeah. and we are we're a good yeah. person. We expect that our life is going to go swimmingly. Right, and if not. We kick the machine, we shake the machine, and yeah. we curse the machine yeah. and walk away. Yeah. And that, is, that, that, that never ends well. Right. Um, but it's a preconceived notion that we have to get in our heads. God is not a, a, a cosmic vending machine right. where we're just because we're good. And we see that in the life of Job. Yeah. Job was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And all of these things happened to him. But at the end of, at the end of all of it, I love that he says, you know what, God, um, I'd heard of you mm-hmm. before, but now I know you. Yeah. And so the suffering that he went through, he lost yeah. all of his kids. He lost all of his wealth. He lost a lot of his health. His wife, bless her heart. But he got to the end of it and he, and he praised God. You're right. Yeah. And, crazy. and right at the beginning of that story, we see, what does Job say where, um, you know, his wife does come in and they're having that kind of conversation. And he's like, shall I accept, here's what he says to his wife back, shall I accept uh, good from God and not evil? Yes. Right. And, and by the way, that's, that's something a lot of people wrestle. Like what, what, what does, what does he mean by that? Did yeah. God, you know, yes, God, God did the things, right. right? Like, anyway, we, we don't have to get into all that, but just to know, I mean, Job clearly had a picture of God, that God is sovereign. God is over this. Right. Right. And his wife is like, curse God and die. And Job's like, look, every day I accept good from God. I accept all the good things he does in my life. And now that things aren't going my way, do I get to now say, okay, now I don't want what you have. Right. Um, Because man, what, that's incredible faith. It really is. And, And like you said, I think a really a common theme of that whole book of Job 
is that idea of God being the vending machine where he actually has some friends that come in. And they, they have a lot of conversation, a lot of arguments in there. And uh, the friends seem to have that kind of theology, right. right? They have this idea of like, well, Job, you're going through this because you did this, 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 and this. And Job's like, no, I didn't. I didn't do, God is God and God can do what God's going to do. I trust him as he's doing these things. And, and Job does have his own issues too. He's got some anger and he's got some things going on. But, um, but you know, those friends definitely have this perspective of like, you wouldn't be going through this right. if you hadn't done something. Like, you're just not telling us or you're not confessing. Yeah. Um, and look, again, sure, obviously we do things in this world and in our lives that do cause us consequences. Exactly. Absolutely. And we're all accountable for our own sin. But there are just realities in this world where we live in a world that's broken. It's fallen. It's, you know, and God in his sovereignty, um, you know, he's going to do things in this world and in our lives that are not necessarily the direct consequence of something we did. Right. That are just going to be part of life. Yeah. And just part of living. Yeah. Uh, we see this in the Gospels. We see this in the New Testament. We see it in the Old Testament. Yes. And we have to get away from the notion that uh, our sin uh, or our suffering is in proportion to our sin. Right. Certainly, like you said, there are consequences to sin. There's universal consequence to sin and there's individual consequence right. to sin. But um, e- even the apostles mm-hmm. struggled with this because they're they're walking down the road with Jesus and they look over and there's this guy who was born blind. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, oh, Jesus, we got a question for you. Um, was it because of his sin yeah. that he's blind or because of his parents' sin? Right. And Jesus said... They can't get away from that. That's, like, that's it. And we can't either. Right. We expect yes. to have a, a, a fantastic life. And when things come into our lives that is not fantastic... Mm-hmm. Our first response is to question God's goodness. Yep. Our, and that's the temptation that we always are, um, we that we can be crippled by. That's the temptation that mm-hmm. Satan got Eve with. Is God really as good as you right. think he is? Absolutely, right? Yeah. And so Jesus answered, yeah, no, it wasn't because of his mm-hmm. sin. It wasn't because of his parents' sin. It was so that the glory of God could be shown through his life. And then he healed him. <laughs> Crazy. Yes. <laughs> now that's a different perspective, right? Like yes. goodness gracious, Jesus, and Jesus was always doing that. He, I mean, he's always kind of helping people go, nah, you know, let's. Right. Uh, you're seeing this a certain way, but let me change. You know, um, there's there's another story of um, who, who was the who was the king that was mixing their blood with the. Uh, I can't remember it right yeah, now. Yeah, I can't I'm sorry, either. But, yeah. Um, it, it, there's a story in the Gospels where these these people come up to Jesus and they're talking about, you know, there was these Jews who were killed and, and this king, this ruler, mixed their blood with, uh, you know, some of the pagan sacrifices yeah. and things like that. And it was like doing horrible things. Um, and, uh, you know, they're like, you know, you know, when Jesus says, do you think those people were worse sinners Right. Than you. And then he even references this other tower that had fallen, like some kind of disaster had happened where this tower had fallen and killed a bunch of people. And Jesus goes, do you think they were worse sinners right. uh, than you? Because that tower fell and they all died. Um, you know, just things that things that had happened. And yes. his answer was, um, if you don't repent of your sins, you're going to perish the same way anyway. Yeah. And, you know, just to make the point, um, like physical death, y'all, I think, Here's, here's a very common reality we have to wrestle with in the Bible and just in the world, that physical death is not the worst thing that happens to people. Amen. Not even close. Right. Um, As a matter of fact. It's spiritual death. <laughs> most Christians that have a biblical perspective are like, I cannot wait for heaven. <laughs> like, like, right. Yes. Not that we want to rush death, but, yeah. but like. Yay, heaven. This is Paul's, to live is Christ, to die is gain. This is, you know, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But 
I know I'm supposed to remain here and do ministry. You know, obviously we have a perspective of, man, physical death is not the worst thing that can happen in this world. It is spiritual death. Right. And that's the death Adam and Eve died that day. They died a spiritual death. Exactly. They didn't die a physical death for years later, but the physical death happened. And now the consequences of their sin and of worldly sin and worldly... So the way that I like to think about this is we think about, you know, why is... Man, why does all these things happen? Whether it is, again, like you said, whether it's cancer or whether it's a hurricane or right. whether it's a sore throat or whether yeah. it's your, you lost your job or, or your whatever boyfriend it is. broke up with you. Sure, anything. Yeah. Um why is suffering a reality? Um, so it, just an analogy, I like to kind of think about it like this. Um, you know, in Genesis 1 and 2, obviously, again, we see God create the world. And he, he creates it perfectly because he's perfect. And um, everything he, he makes, he says, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then sin happens. And after that, again, the rest of the Bible is it's a lot of bad right now. Um, so if you can kind of think about creation being this large building, right? It's a big building, like a big warehouse or something like that. And it's got pillars, pillars everywhere, holding up the building, holding up the roof. And as we sin, um, it's like those pillars are being kicked over. Sin is yeah. just like a kick. It's like we're just kicking over the pillars that God has created. We're destroying what he made and, and, and doing our best to rebel against him. Well, what's the natural result of knocking over pillars in a building, right? Things are going to start to cave in, yeah. right? The ceiling's going to start falling in. Things are going to start falling down. Um, and over time, we just see it get worse and worse and worse. Just a quick... Um, passage here, Romans 8, 22 says this, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And he's talking about, and in verse 21, he says the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay, right? So he's just, Paul is kind of painting this picture in Romans 8 of why the world is the way it is. Yeah. Suffering happens and it exists because the world's just kind of decaying. It's mm -hmm. falling apart. Yeah. Um, but the great news is in Revelation, um, Jesus kind of returns and comes back. And at the very end of Revelation, we see him say, you know, I'm making all things new, um, which is a great, you know, he kind of yes. puts a bow on the whole, on the whole story. Just I love the way Sally Lloyd-Jones says that. She says, um, when Jesus returns, he's going to redeem all things and he's going to make all sad things untrue. Ooh. Isn't that awesome? That's a cool way to think about it. I yeah. know, make all sad things untrue. He says he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. Yeah, I remember I had a professor in college who was teaching us Revelation. And like uh, that day as he was teaching us, um, you know, that passage, um, man, he's just, he's weeping thinking about it. And he was just thinking about it, like he's an older guy and he was just thinking about some of the things that he had been through in his life. And he knows, and we know that when we go and be with Jesus in the end that he, I don't know if that's literal or symbolic or what, but I think maybe it's literal that he's going to take and, and be able to actually wipe the tears mm -hmm. from our eyes just to say like, he's wiping away all pain, yeah, all fear, all right. doubt, all, all loneliness. Answer doesn't all, exist yes. there. And yeah, loneliness. Yeah. Y'all go read Re Revelation 21. It's amazing. <laughs> so, I, I challenge so. you to read it without Revelation crying. is not meant to be a scary, but it's really not. I know. It's, it's hopeful. A very, it's a hopeful That's exactly book. right. John on that island writing all that business. That <laughs> was fantastic. Look, I wanted to tell you guys, are, are we are we pausing? I was going to say, oh, let's, we've got a pause quick here, pause, guys. Quick yeah. pause. Yep. Um, little announcement here.
year, uh, One Life. If uh, a lot of you students have been part of One Life over the last years, it's our sixth year. We usually do it in January. This year, it's April 24th. Um, if you are a sixth through 12th grader and you would like to come to One Life, if you go to Eastridge, you can sign up at Eastridge on Sunday nights or um, Wednesday nights. You can just bring 20 bucks. It's $20 for, for One Life, April 24th. If you don't go to Eastridge, um, ask your youth pastor about it. Sign up at your church or tell them to give me a call or email me, text me, or however uh, you want to get in touch with me, and I will make sure that um, you know how you can be part of One yeah. Life. On how many churches April are involved this, this year? Um, you know? This year, I mean, we're right around 10, 12 churches, that, something like that, which is so cool. Y'all, man. that's what I love about One Life. Yes. yes so much that fun. It is all the youth, not all of them, but a lot of the youth yeah. groups getting together, and it's not my youth group, your youth group, whatever. Yeah. It's all of us. That's why it's the called church, One Life. One Life, yeah. one life <laughs> in Jesus. So love it. I love it. we're about. April 24th. Hope you guys can join us. Yes. Be there or be square. All Sorry, right. go ahead. No, 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 no. I just I wanted to I wanted to bring a little bit of perspective so that we can frame up suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in that, if you are suffering, and the times that I have suffered, and the times that uh, Kurt has suffered, um, after God brings us through, we realize that it's a chapter in our life. Yeah, it's not the whole story. Yeah, it is a chapter, and the way that we um, either depend on God or run from him mm-hmm. determines how that chapter goes. Right. And it really determines how the whole the whole thing goes. Mm-hmm. But I but I want to let you know um, there's a there's a verse in 2 Corinthians that says this light momentary affliction. Okay, now this is Paul talking, light momentary affliction like shipwrecks and he was beaten to death and dragged out of the Stoned. city. Yeah, he was jailed several times, yeah. you know, he, I think he spent most of his time in jail. Like, he finally yeah. was beheaded. That's yes, how he died. Yes, yeah. so this is Paul who is saying this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory yeah. beyond all comparison. So guys, I I just I, I want to encourage you that if you are suffering, um, that it's, and I don't mean to minimize it, but I want to say that it is a chapter. Run to God. Yeah. Don't run away from God. You see in the story of Job where literally he lost everything. He keeps talking to God. And worshiping. Yes. Some of us shut down. We're like, well, God, you you stink. And so I'm I'm not even talking to you. You see David, though sometimes in his prayers, he's angry. He's desperate. Mm -hmm. He's still coming to God. Joseph. Yes. Joseph, the enemy meant all this for evil. Yes. God meant it for good. Paul and Silas in jail. Praising God. They have been beaten up, right? And and chained to a wall in a Roman prison, which is horrific. Like we prison, our prisons are like, like the holiday inn compared to their prisons. Um, I think about Elijah. I think about Jeremiah. I mean, the prophets of God who went through uh, Hosea, who go through these things that I'm not, we don't have time to get all the stories, but I mean, I don't know of a character, Moses. Yeah. I don't know of a character that we know of who is, has, is, is worth their salt in the Bible. (laughs) Right. Who escapes suffering and who doesn't go through some horrific things, yes. Old Testament and New, and not to mention our Lord. Jesus, that's exactly, right. that is exactly right. And this for me is the kind of thing that it just always brings me back and grounds me. And like you said, we've both been through different things. Um, I mean, as a kid, my parents got divorced when I was five. I remember 
you know, I was pretty, I was so young and I didn't know what to make of it and think of it. I do remember praying. I do remember doing that, yeah. but that prayer wasn't answered. I remember asking God right. to let my parents get married again and, and all of that. And he, I say it wasn't answered. It wasn't answered positively right, or right. the way that I wanted yeah. it to be. The vending machine um, didn't give you exactly what you wanted. Right. Yeah. And, and struggling with that as a kid, but, um, you know, seeing throughout my life that, you know, God is still faithful and God is still good. And then going through the death of my mom a few years ago and, you know, wrestling with that. But obviously I'm at a place in life at that point where, man, I know his word and I'm rooted in that and I'm rooted yeah. in community and the church and, and all of these things, but always going through anything that we go through in life. And those are major things, but there's, a, you know, we suffer a million minor ways as right. well. But going through all of that to always be grounded with that reminder of God it, it would be one thing if he created this world and, and it happened, sin happened, and then he just kind of backed off. Right. Left us to and, suffer and yes, yeah, self-destruct. Yes. But to come and be part of it yeah. himself. And, uh, you know, that is the thing for me that is just, that, that separates Christianity from every other false religion in That's the world. Exactly is exactly right. We actually have a God and know the real God, the true God who does care and yeah. who has compassion on us. Uh, Psalm Thirty-four, eighteen. That he's near to the brokenhearted yeah. because he came. He puts his money where his mouth is. He right. Where, right. Yeah, he had a broken exactly heart. Right. Jesus had a broken heart. He, he, he suffered knew all the things: betrayal and ultimately yes. death, <laughs> hunger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All the things. We cannot come to Jesus yeah. and say you just don't understand. Right. Because he does. Yeah. He really does. Um, and so I, I just wanted to encourage you with some of the like. Everyone in this world suffers, whether you believe in Jesus or you don't, but. Right. If you are a Christian, your suffering has purpose. Yeah. It has purpose. Um, first, and we talked about this, it produces intimacy with God if we allow it. Yeah. If we allow it to, it, it we run to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. we, we run to him and allow him yeah. to be the God of all comfort. Yep. I love that scripture. I've got it written down. It, listen to this, guys. It says comfort literally four times, four times, all right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts, we need a ding, 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 who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by, by God. There is a purpose because when you suffer, and I've talked to youth who... Um, Right now, they don't really care about it. They don't care. Uh, they just feel that they're suffering. But, yeah. Kurt, you were telling me that there are some youth that you've talked to that they're they're so um, thankful mm -hmm. that their suffering has meaning, that they can yeah. comfort others with the comfort with which they have been comforted by God. Right. And so Absolutely. I think that that is... Um, and I, I, I have this picture. Um, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the statue of David by Michelangelo. Mm -hmm. Michelangelo took two years... He had a ginormous slab of imperfect marble yep. that none of the other artists would even touch because it wasn't it wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. So he starts to make uh, a statue of David, and this is the picture of David right before he slays Goliath. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he is he's he's ready to go now. For some of you, it's it's R rated, so just know that going in. If you look <laughs> it up, it, it's R rated, but it's okay because it. <laughs> It is exquisite. Like if you just the hand of David, you see the veins, you see the I mean, it is it is crazy that Michelangelo for two years yeah. chiseled with different chisels, used different sanding techniques to make 
David and what he was doing for two years. He was chiseling away what wasn't David. Yeah. And so for two years, and if David could have talked in that moment, if the statue could have said something, he probably would have said, you know what? That was uncomfortable. <laughs> or he may have said that was, yeah. that, that was excruciating. Mm-hmm. But what Michelangelo was doing was chipping away, chiseling away, hammering away at everything that wasn't David. And we see that there's a purpose for all of our lives. And we're not born ready for that purpose. And so we go through life and God chisels away here and sands here. We rub up against people that rub us the wrong way, but it it creates in us mercy or compassion or yeah. patience. And um, I just picture that suffering is like that in our lives yeah. if we couch it in the right way, because God's, God sees from the beginning to the end. Um, we we have such limited perspective. We see right now, I'm in pain now, I'm hurting now, yeah. but we don't see uh, that God causes everything to work for our good to yeah. those who love Him. And so that chiseling and that sanding um, can work for our good. Peter says, First Peter chapter 1, he's talking about sufferings, trials that we go through. Um, and he says this, he says, these have come, talking about trials, suffering, these have come so that our faith, which is of greater worth than gold, yes. which perish, and he's talking about gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, he says, may be proved genuine mm-hmm. and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So exactly what you're saying to the the point of, I mean, we cannot always see the result of our suffering or the, the point of it in the moment for sure. Right. Um, I mean... Goodness gracious, we all know all the things that we've been through or whatever. I mean, the older you get, it's just, you know, the more things you have to look back on that were hard and difficult. Um, but what's the most valuable thing we have? I think the most valuable thing we think we have, I mean, it, it might be anything, but we may think some kind of material things are so valuable right. or just our, our our comfort and our right. our understanding is the most valuable thing that we have. If I understand it, then it's good. Or if I'm comfortable, then it's good. Or if it makes me successful, then it's good. But I think Peter is saying your faith, yeah. the most valuable thing that you have is faith. Yeah. And if God wants, I guess, ask yourself this question, students. If you're thinking about why am I going through this difficult thing, ask yourself this question. Have you, have you ever wondered, is my faith real? Yeah. Is my faith genuine? If I'm a Christian, do I really believe in Jesus? Yes. Am I really following Jesus? I, I'm sure we've all asked that question. Yeah, I have. I've asked that yeah. question so many times. And the way God answers the question is trials. Is I'm going to show you. Is, That's what yeah. I, I'm going to show you. It's God in his yes. grace yes. going, I'm going to answer your question yeah. by putting you through something yeah. that when the, when you get on the other side, you'll be able to look back. And like Peter said, um, your faith is now proved genuine. Yes. That you can look back and go, man, I'm trusting Jesus through this thing, whatever this was. And I know that it's real now. And you're actually better. Stephanie, I, I, when I'm, when my mom died and I went through that and coming out on the other side, I can tell you, I know this is true. Um, I, I am different. I am changed from that experience. I just am. I think I'm a better husband. I think I'm a better pastor. I think I'm, I think I'm a better disciple of Jesus. And I do not say that in any kind of braggy way. I say that to say it was horrible to go through, but coming on the other side of it to go, Man, to say thankful is a hard is a hard word, but I'm th- I'm thankful 
that God doesn't waste the things that he brings us through. Right. That he refines us he never like wastes gold in pain. a fire. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, um, my, my, my last thing I wanted to tell, and I know that we're yeah. running up on time, but I wanted you to did. tell um, a story. Christine Kane tells a story of being invited to China to speak to the leaders of the underground mm-hmm. church. Now, if you know anything about the underground church in China, they have suffered ginormous persecution. Yeah. And so as she's being led to uh, her destination, she asks her guide, hey, what are, what are you guys learning Okay, so this is the persecuted church. Like, what are you learning? Um, And he said, you know what? We don't have a whole lot of time to study and learn because of the persecution that we face because we're hiding and we're doing all of this kind of stuff. But um, what we are learning is how to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, with the prison guard as we're being led to our execution. Wow. (laughs) This is their curriculum. This is what they're learning. And she said she fell to her knees and she said, I have nothing to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. Persecution refines us. If allowed, it lifts high the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. because people are amazed that we, we are willing to go through it, that we come on the other side. Yeah joyful, thankful, like you were saying, yeah. um, it, it, it is something supernatural that only the Spirit of God can do through us. Yeah. And there's just a way that, there's a way that we know Jesus. There's a way that we experience Him yes. through suffering and through trials yeah. that we just can't, there's lessons we learn that we just can't learn any other way. The fellowship right. of his suffering, right? Fellowship, yes, yeah. Philippians. The fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him in his death, yes. Paul says, in order that somehow we may attain the resurrection from the dead. And that's our hope. Let's yeah. just end it on this. Yes. We have this hope in Jesus. Paul says, I consider, Romans eight eighteen. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So, Amen. man, we have a hope in Jesus yes. Christ. And that Peter that wrote that, I mean, he, he starts it off by saying we have a living hope because we have a living Jesus and he's alive. We will be alive in the end and we will look back on this world. I believe, I don't know if we'll forget it all. I don't know, but I I believe that we'll at least look at it with no sorrow um, in the end and be all sad things will become untrue. (laughs) Man, we'll just be able to look at everything we went through and go, you know what? If I know Jesus better, it's worth it. And I get this eternal weight of glory. I get to, ah, whatever that is and however (laughs) that will feel and what it'll be like in that day. You know, it's going to be good. So Super exciting. Um, guys, this is why it's so important to be in the Word of God, yes. um, to seek first His kingdom, because as we're doing this every day, Stephanie and I can have these conversations because, um, one, we, yeah, we've been through suffering, but two, we know God's Word at least decently well enough right. that we're in it every day and we're just trusting Him every we day. We have clung we, to it like a life preserver. That's all we have. <laughs> like, yes. That's all we have. We have, like, yes. And and guys, Gosh. you walk as if it's true. Yeah. You read the scriptures, you glean the promises, Mm -hmm. you hang on to them, and you live your life as if they are true, and he's faithful every time. And when the suffering comes, when the suffering comes, then you you see that it's true. Yes. Feel it being true, and you know it's real. When he says, "I'm never going to forsake you," when he says, "I've, I, I, you know, in me," where he's talking about, you know, in this world you're going to have trouble, right. but take heart, I have overcome the world. And you see, anyway, oh, I mean, we can get on all that again. <laughs> it, it is so 
good. And yeah. this is why we need God's word so badly yeah. and need community in the church. Right. And need the fellowship of, of one another and the encouragement and the prayers of each other and all the things that we Absolutely. need because, yeah, it, we're going to go through trials. Let's yeah. go through them together. Yeah. And yeah, yes. rooted in God's Lean word. Lean on Jesus. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, like we said, we're going to jump in uh, next week with some kind of more specific questions as we look at different things um, that maybe some of you are going through in trials that that you guys are having. So we hope yeah. you tune in, um, continue listening as best you can, and you know share it with friends if you can do yeah. that as well. We would love to uh, just continue ministering as best we can to you guys. And, yes, and all of that. So and as you. always, seek, seek first, first the, the kingdom, kingdom of God. God. Thank you for listening to the Seek First podcast. We hope and pray that you have been encouraged and empowered to seek first the kingdom and righteousness of God in every area of your life. If you are a teen or young adult and have a question or topic that you would like Stephanie and Kurt to discuss on Seek First, simply email kurt at eastridge.church. Until next time, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.